0: Hey, friends of The Table, uh, welcome to another Table Chat. It's Ben. Uh, Matt is still on vacation, and so I'm going to do this one by myself. I wanted to walk through the letter that I sent to our church that went out in the church email this morning. Um, If you don't get that, uh, you can sign up for it at thetableindy.org, And if you get it, but you don't read it, um, please read it. It is, uh, it's full of good information that keeps you, um, keeps us connected as a community. And oftentimes there are uh, letters, important letters, about what it means for us to be the body of Christ um, uh, during this time. And uh, the the letter that I wrote um, yesterday, uh, well, this, it came out this morning, I wrote it yesterday, uh, I think is one of those things. And so I just wanted to walk you through it on this table chat, um, just in case you haven't had a chance to read it, um, and maybe just to augment uh, the information in there a a little bit. Um, If you were at worship on Sunday, you'll know that Matt and I kind of co-preached a um, last-minute sermon. We were going to show the sermon from our bishop, which you can also still see, um, but because of the events of the past week, um, and especially the days leading up to uh, Sunday, we felt like we needed to Call an audible and uh, do something different. Um, and we are deeply grieved and angry um, about the recent incidents of racial violence uh, against uh, Black people. Um, and uh, we're we're learning uh, as a predominantly white church how to respond to that. Um, and it's not it's not uh, easy. Um, sometimes really difficult to know what to do. Um, and I. Uh, I feel that and I hear that from you all as well. Um, Most of us at the table are only recently waking up to this long history of oppression and violence that people of color have been suffering for hundreds of years uh, in this country. And it's hard to know uh, kind of how to disentangle ourselves from that. Um, And uh, it's easy to make mistakes. So anyway, it's difficult. Um, I I think just my personal um, feeling on this is just that it's, uh, it seems to me sometimes that my only two options are to, if I'm going to pay attention to this, then it sort of that means I'm checking the news every 30 minutes. Um, I'm endlessly scrolling social media. I'm allowing these images of violence and oppression to, you know, seep into my soul. And um, they're important to to see and to recognize and to you know to realize that this is happening. But I think there's a way that it can end up dominating my consciousness and bring about um, a sense of despair and hopelessness uh, that isn't very helpful. Um, And it's also just, it's worth noting that anytime you view an act of violence, there is a violation that occurs. Um, And so it's just helpful for me to remember, my soul can only handle so much of that kind of stuff. Um, And that part of self-care is saying, hey, I I don't know that I need more more evidence right now to know that this is really happening. Um, and I think sometimes social media can lull us into thinking that if I'm just consuming this stuff and commenting on it on social media that I'm sort of uh, being faithful or I'm doing something about it. And I, I think that's part of it. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But um, it's helpful to it, it's also helpful for me to remember. Um, I don't need to let this dominate my entire life and bring about despair and hopelessness for me to be faithful. But I sometimes feel like that's one option. And then the other option is to uh, turn it off and go on a Netflix binge, sort of to just numb out so I don't have to feel the pain. And so when those are my only two options, it feels a little uh, stifling and a little conflicting, and a little constricting. Um, but, you know, part of the good news is that those aren't our only two options. Uh, It's helpful for me to remember that our world has always been in crisis. Um, We're just a bit more aware of it right now because this evidence is kind of closer to the surface of all of our everyday lives. Right now there's these protests happening all over the country. All 50 states had protests in relationship to George Floyd this past week, Um, which, you know, something's happening here, but um, it, it's helpful for me for me to remember that our world has always been in crisis. Um, rulers and empires have always been oppressive. Um, this is, you know, people of color have told us this for years, that this is um, how they've always been treated. Um, but refreshing my newsfeed every 30 minutes isn't going to help me to be more faithful in times like these. So um, another part of the good news is that God has always been at work uh, and present in his creation. Um even though creation has always been in a crisis ever since the fall. Um, and so, working to, um, in the midst of these current crises, uh, grappling with how we respond as the body of Christ, um, these three words I think that will help us empathy, lament, and solidarity. So, first of all, just empathy. Um, I think most of us have this, but I, I think it's helpful for us to remember that, you know, God. This is how God responds to us. His people were slaves in Egypt, and he hears their cries, and he comes to rescue them. Um, God responds to our cries, um, the world in crisis, by, in the incarnation, becoming what he loves. He becomes human. He, he makes his dwelling among us. He suffers with us as one of us. And so that's the very basic human uh, and godly response to those who are in pain, uh, those who are suffering, is to empathize with those who are in pain. So let's listen to the pain of the marginalized, especially our black brothers and sisters right now, and uh, seek to put ourselves as much as we can inside of their experience and feel it with them as best we can. Um, I put in the article and in the uh, the letter a few ways to do that, um, some practical things. There's a few links to Uh, a video that someone uh, created. There's a Twitter thread about a a history lesson of just all the ways that um, uh, black people have been suffering for hundreds of years under this oppression. Um, And then I'd encourage you to read books. You know, I don't know if you read books. (laughs) I don't know if people read books still. Hopefully they do. But I'm reading a book right now called The Warmth of Other Suns. That's about the great migration. Um, It's a big one, but I'd heartily recommend it to you. Um, Stamped from the beginning, is a good one. It's about the history of racist ideas in America. And um, if you want one from a, a more explicitly Christian perspective, White Awake and Rediscipling the White Church are good. I also heard that Just Mercy, that um, movie called Just Mercy, is available to stream for free right now. So I'd encourage you to do that. All of that stuff will help to um, uh, increase our uh, empathy, our ability to kind of. Um, feel and listen to the pain of our black brothers and sisters. Second word is lament. Um, uh, This is something that almost none of us know how to do well, Um, and so many people just feel stuck when we hear this, that we're supposed to lament. Uh, We we see Jesus lamenting, especially when he prays in anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he cries out the first lines of Psalm 22 from the cross, when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's that's lament speech, Um, and it's something that we don't, know how to do very well. And I think this this is for a lot of reasons, but to to lament is to allow our anger and our grief and our confusion, instead of uh, numbing ourselves from it um, or working hard to try to fix it or change it or do something about it, what we do is we just let it spill out toward God in God's direction. To lament is to name bad things as bad things. To lament is to Uh, cry out to God in our confusion without sugarcoating it. To lament is give space for ourselves and for others for the full range of our our real human emotions, especially our negative ones, in response to injustice. Um, And this isn't just a therapeutic exercise for isolated individuals to feel better about things. The power of the kingdom is released in lament uh, because we are engaging the Lord who can actually do something about these things. So um, there is a partnership that we have with the Lord in prayer, God invites us to God shares his power with us in prayer and lament is part of our prayer. Um, and so crying out to the Lord is not the same thing as offering thoughts and prayers, you know, on social media. Um, the, the irony is, I think, when people say thoughts and prayers, they are neither planning to think about nor pray for <laughs> the people that they say thoughts and prayers for. But for us to lament is, is to engage in real kingdom work. It's real power. We pull down strongholds. We battle against principalities and powers that hold the world in bondage. So a few uh, recommendations there, because um, knowing about lament is not the same thing as doing it. And so three recommendations, um, pray the Psalms. I've noticed lately as I, as I read the Psalms each morning and evening that so many of them were authored by people who are in real trouble, the very deep trouble. They're at the end of their rope. They're crying out for God to save them. And so try this, pray out loud the Psalms, especially the ones that are uh, the cussing Psalms, the imprecatory Psalms, the ones that uh, seem to uh, treat God badly, the ones that make you cringe a little bit. But with our current uh, situation in mind, cry out to God and let the Psalms give you language for that and try reading them out loud. Try seeing if you can uh, engage with the emotion uh, of those Psalms. A second recommendation is to join us for morning prayer. Um, Lament is something that we do uh, together, uh, is is better done together than uh, alone. And I'm finding regular morning prayer gatherings that we do Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m., um, to be a really safe place to offer these kinds of prayers, we prayed this morning uh, in tears uh, for our world, and so I would invite you to join us for morning prayer. Um, it's it's one way that you can concretely commit yourself to lamenting and praying uh, in response to the things that are going on right now. Um, and the second thing I'd invite, a uh, third thing, sorry, that I'd invite you to do is to fast. Fasting has always been a response to bad things happening uh, for God's people for a long time. And uh, the Archbishop of our province has just called for a week of fasting and prayer starting today and going through till June 10th um, next week on Wednesday. Um, So I encourage you to try skipping a meal or two or three um, and use that time to cry out to God for justice and mercy um, and for change to happen. So that's the second thing, lament through prayer, through fasting, praying the Psalms. Join us for morning prayer. And uh, finally, the final word uh, is solidarity. And um, so, part of what I'm learning in the midst of all this is that um, our lament and our empathy must lead to action of some sort. And that action would be standing in solidarity with the marginalized and with the oppressed, especially in places that we, as white people, don't control or manage. Um, This is, of course, what Christ has done for us in the incarnation and um, by fo- we follow him by uh, doing this uh, for others. And then the, the Christian sort of irony in this is that we're not sort of being Christ for them, but they're actually being Christ for us. And so as we stand with the poor, as we stand with the marginalized, as we stand with the oppressed, we actually are meeting Christ in those encounters. And so um, one example of this um, is that the gathering that we went to last Sunday, uh, Matt and I and several others from our church uh, attended a procession for racial uh, for racial justice uh, that was organized by Faith in Indiana, which right now is led by uh, a, a black woman. And um, part of that event was, you know, it, it just showing up and being there and representing and saying we're we uh, support this. We stand in solidarity with these concerns. And they had like seven um, very practical um, uh, things that they were asking for our mayor for the mayor of indianapolis to enact in terms of police reform and so their policy changes that they're wanting to see uh, put in place and so it's very practical they they're saying this this will help us and so we show up and we you know participate in that um, and you know part of the event was d- doing what they call a die in where we, we marched to the city county building where the offices are, and then we did a die-in, which means that we laid on the ground for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, which was the amount of time the police officer in Minneapolis had his knee on George Floyd's neck. And as we did so, the names of black people killed by police were read out, Read out, um, and then somebody was playing this drum, and it was kind of in the beat of a heartbeat, this heartbeat rhythm after each name. And eventually they stopped saying names, and there was just this heartbeat drum rhythm and it got slower and slower and slower until it stopped. And then we laid there in silence until the time was up. I I, I mean, it felt, <laughs> it was a remarkable experience. Um, it, number one, it felt like an eternity uh, to just lay there. And obviously I didn't have anybody's knee on my neck, but it felt like an eternity to just lay there on the ground in silence for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Um, and I, it just struck me as we were doing it, that this is an embodied act of solidarity, but also of lament. This is part of how we can uh, put our bodies out there in lament. Lament is not just something we can do, you know, behind closed doors, you know, with with God all by ourselves in our prayer closets. That that's important and that's good. But part of lament is to be with people who are grieving these things, and this embodied act of laying on the ground for this long in a public place is this embodied act of lament and uh, an embodied act of standing in solidarity with our black brothers and sisters. So it's a small thing, but submitting to, to their leadership, um, putting our bodies on the line with them, um, it's a small thing, but it is a um, it is an important part of how we want to respond to racism as a church. Um, and I think it's important to say, we're, in doing so, we're not trying to entertain the grandiose visions of changing the world or anything like that. What we're doing is, is, as I said earlier, we're just encountering Christ. We are simply participating in the life that Christ offers to us. He promises to meet us in these places, and so we come. So he prom- for example, he promises to meet us at the, at the communion table, right? In the sacrament, in the body and blood of uh, Jesus Christ. Um, and so he promises to meet us there. So what do we do? We show up, we come to church, we, we, we go to the table, we receive the sacrament. And I'm really excited this Sunday to be able to do this with you. Maybe we'll do another table chat about um, communion and uh, what, that, what that looks like and kind of how Anglicans think about it. Anyway, but uh, what I want to say is in the same way that Christ says, I will meet you here in this meal, Christ says, I will meet you in uh, the prisoner, in the sick. When you visit the sick, we're meeting with Christ in that place. And so it's kind of a sacramental activity. We are participating in the life that Christ offers to us by co- going to the places where Christ promises to meet us. And he promises to meet us in these places. And so we do it. So this isn't changing the world. This isn't, um, you know, trying trying to be, I don't know, it's not pushing for some agenda necessarily. It is participating in the life that Christ uh, offers to us. And so we're not striving for good things to happen here. Um, we're participating in the kingdom believing that Jesus has overcome the world, uh, that he has defeated death and won the victory over power over the power of sin and evil on the cross and in his resurrection and his ascension. He is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord, and we are bearing witness to his lordship. We are bearing witness to the resurrection. We are participating now in the real world where Jesus Christ is Lord. We're joyfully trusting that eventually God will be all in all, And uh, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well, as the Lord told Julian of Norwich in one of her dreams. So anyway, finally, um, I know that thinking this way is really new uh, to some of us, to many of us. And so I want to make sure that we are hospitable uh, to any questions you may have about how we're responding, both personally as a church. It's okay if you have questions. Um, I, I would encourage you to approach either Father Matt or myself if you want to talk, um, I feel very uh, honored and privileged to be um, part of a community that uh, is thinking about these things and wanting to engage in the way that um, y'all are wanting to engage. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really um, a precious thing for me. So thanks for your participation in the life of our community, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.